All right, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to those of you online as well. But when I say Happy New Year, I can't help but wonder, in fact, I know this year a lot of us are struggling to say that. I think it's a year where we have a lot of anxiety yet. There's a lot of fear that we're fighting against. There's so much unknown. And I think I know that because I am struggling with that at times myself. And just the world is in such a place. And to stay optimistic and to stay strong in the Lord is kind of tough right now in some days, in seasons, depending where you're at. You know, this has been a year of whispering, I think, from the enemy. Satan does a great job of whispering all the time. He doesn't usually come screaming and shouting into our lives. He comes whispering, and he keeps whispering, and he keeps building conversations in our heads, and those conversations start to build into false realities, and those false realities start to consume our thoughts, and those thoughts start to consume our emotions. And before we know it, fear has started to move in and creep in, into our hearts, into our minds. But there's good news. There's good news. Do you know that we had a bumper crop of corn in America this year? That is a piece of good news. We did. Lord blessed us. Our nation in general had an amazing growth of corn. But I will also say this. Satan has produced a bumper crop of fear in the world this year. I don't like to give him credit for hardly anything, but he's doing a pretty good job right now in the fear category. He's knocking on every heart like an annoying neighborhood kid who won't go away. <laughs> Some of you have those. You might be one of those. <laughs> but they just keep knocking. He keeps knocking, trying to get a foothold into our lives. And for some of us, fear now has been residing in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts as an unwanted guest. And we're getting used to living with it. We're getting used to excusing it. We're getting used to surrendering to it. We're getting used to accepting it. None of us want it, but somehow we need to get our faith back and to kick fear back to the curb where it belongs. The good news is, and this is real good news that we're going to see this morning, God has the antidote for fear in our lives. And so as we get into God's Word in just a moment here and talk about fear, I do want to preface, and I want to just say a quick note from a pastor's heart as well, too. You know, fear is one of probably the most complex, most real and challenging emotions that the human being deals with. And I believe that God's Word does give us the solution and the answer 
to battling fear in our lives. And that being said, though, I also realize this. We live in a world that has its share of complexities. And for some of us, due to even our medical condition, whether that be from chemical imbalances, mental illness that we struggle with, past deep trauma that we've experienced, that there is still a need sometimes as well too for professional help, for navigating fear. But that being said, it is a both and. We have to always start with the foundation of truth and the real answer packaged with professional help sometimes. And that's okay. So let's get into the antidote for fear this morning as well. And we start with a reminder from the Apostle Paul who gives us the reminder in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. So we know this. We know that when fear comes into our life, because it will and it does, we can know this. It is not from the Lord when we're experiencing that, okay? In that when it comes, we should know this, that God has given us the power and the solution and the strength to stand against fear and his desire is that we work at kicking it out of our life with his help. We have a choice when it comes to fear. We can accept the whispers and the lies of Satan and just go to more of a survival existence in this life and we can look to find some relief that in itself deceives itself where we think there's comfort and it turns into a vice in our life. Whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex, pornography, work, food, you name it, we try to bury it and find some pleasure in relief. And yet the pain and the fear resides. Or our choice can be that we can reject fear when it comes. Hold to the promises of God that we're going to look at and move forward trusting that God can handle whatever it is that's going to come my way. Whatever it is. As we just sang in the blessing, even in the weeping, some of us are in a season of pain and weeping right now. And yet God can meet us there and wants to. The key point is the antidote for fear is more than self-reliance. The antidote for fear is more dependence on Jesus. And as we go into 2021, and we'll look at the more dependent we are on Jesus, the more we get to know Jesus and experience his love for us, we will find that he has an antidote for fear that the world cannot give. So as the world waits for the antidote to lower the fear of COVID-19, I suggest we look at God's antidote for fear this morning. It's safe, it's free, it's unlimited, and it's got guaranteed results. Would you please stand with me as we open our text this morning to Psalm 27? You can find it on your phone as well. We're going to read a few verses from 
psalmist this morning. The Lord is my light and my strength. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You can be seated. Would you please join with me in prayer? You know, Father, um, I'll be the first to admit this morning that I am weak. Lord, we are weak, but we are strong in you. And Lord, when it comes to fear, it hits so many of us in so many different ways. But God, you tell us that fear is not to have a place in our life, and that when we sense it, when we feel it, when we're in it, you have given us the power to overcome it. Lord, impress that upon us this morning as we open your word. King David knew so much about fear in his life. And we have so much to learn from him on how you spoke through his life and worked through his life. Lord, as we move into a new year filled with a lot of uncertainty, our certainty can remain in the fact that you hold the future. Anything that is coming our way, you already know it and you have a reason for it. And you intend to use it for good. So Lord, we trust you. I also add, too, for blessing over the Ellis family as well, too, with the difficult week they've had with Warren passing, who is now worshiping with you. But, Lord, I pray for comfort on the loved ones who are here, for Pastor Jeff and the family, his mom, Dorothy. Lord, shower your peace upon them, we'd ask. Amen. So how can my faith overcome my fear? first point I'd like to look at is our faith is only as good as the object of our faith. Let me ask you this, and if you're online as well too, what do you find confidence in? Be honest, don't give the Sunday school answer right away. What do you you find confidence in, in your life? Is it the longevity and your skill set in your job that you have that gives you a level of confidence and security? Is it a level of wealth that you're working towards or that you've been able to make and be blessed with that has given you some confidence in your life? And that, that really, when you look at those numbers, there's some confidence there. Or your confidence is in the next realm of numbers that's coming. will be a little bit more confident, be more a little secure. Is it in your abilities? Just your God-set abilities and how you're made, how you're wired, how you navigate life. And just you find conversations easy. You find excelling at what you do easy because of how you've been wired. And there's confidence in that in your life. Maybe you get your confidence from the affirmation of others. 
And as that continues to come, you look for that, and that, that builds, and that builds that foundation of confidence through affirmation. Or if you're a goal setter, a goal crusher, you're used to just nailing goals and just accomplishments on and on in your life. I want you to think for a moment, just in this past year, COVID-19 alone, how that has disrupted some of our lives. Jobs have stopped unexpectedly. Within a matter of hours and days in March, our lives really started to change. Some of you have had to make a career change this year. Some of you are trying to figure out what you're going to do because your life went so upside down. Supplies in our stores, we're in America, we are used to anything instantaneously, bring it now, send a drone, no questions asked. And by the time April hit, some of us were getting irritated and laughing, but yet angst and a little bit of fear with going, I cannot buy toilet paper in America? Are you kidding me? Hospitals began to get overrun. Schools, churches, concert, events stopped, disrupted, paused. Crazy. Financial markets, regardless of what Wall Street's doing right now, we all know the world's economy is more unstable than it has ever been. There's a deep breath almost waiting for the next shoe to drop, and what will it actually look like? What's coming? Plans are constantly disrupted. So much of what we build our confidence on is shown so quickly to be uncertain and to be sticks and rubble that it really is. When real pressure comes, it quickly reveals the ash pile that we had started to build our lives upon so much. But look in, as we look at the psalm, look at how David opens the psalm. And this is the key for us this morning. In verse 1, he starts, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And when he ends in verse 3, he says, even then I will be confident. And that's after going through scores of thought of war that face him. What was David's source of confidence? David's source of confidence is what needs to be our source of confidence. David's source of confidence was not in the what is going to happen. How is this going to turn out? When is this going to be over? David's confidence was who is in control? Who has the power to do something about my problem? Who has proven his faithfulness over and over to me? Who has promised salvation to me regardless of whatever happens to me? that I know my very soul is held securely and safely. Who is the source of your confidence? See, David knew real fear. If you just flip through real quick the history of David, some of the highlights we know about him. 
And you know, it's easy to get caught in, well, you always know the end of the story, so it was great. David never knew the end of the story going through all these events. When the bear came for the sheep, when the lion came for the sheep. He didn't have a shotgun. He had a little sling and a stone and a stick. When he faced a giant, a killing machine of a warrior of a man who vowed and had every vengeance in him to tear David to pieces, David didn't know how the outcome was. He had faith to trust God for it, but he didn't know what was going to happen. He had a spear thrown at him by the king that intended to stick him to the wall and then spent the next few years running from that king who had vowed to have David's head. He was going to kill him. David had a dysfunctional family. His son Absalom sworn to kill David to take the throne. Two other sons caught in a feud, one killed the other. David knew full well what it was to live through fear. It didn't end. He was caught in a sinful, messed up world that we are. But as it came through, he continued to see God's faithfulness build piece by piece by trusting, seeing, and growing. Step by step, David's faith continued to grow. God saved me from the bear. He saved me from the lion. He saved me from the giant. Amazing. He said, I'll be next king. I've got a king trying to kill me. That's why David could open this psalm with confidence saying, the Lord is my light. Lord, thank you for guiding me and directing my paths in life. I see that when I look back now. Lord, you're my salvation. I know that I'm securely held in your hand. Nothing can get to me in the end that you don't allow. Lord, thank you that my, you're my stronghold. No matter what is coming my way, whether it is painful or good, I know it's going through you first, and you've got a purpose behind that for me. David reminded himself of God's faithfulness, and it's important for us to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness this morning too. As we enter 2021, I think it's a great time for us to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. Jesus, you are my light and my salvation. Thank you for the time you, and remember something, and call out a promise that he came through for. Lord, you're my stronghold and protector. Thank you for the time that you remind yourself of that. It, we have to remind ourselves of that because we have to get prepared for the next storm that's coming in our life. Because it is coming. That is just reality. Firemen across the street have those trucks ready. They know everything right now is working on them. They are polished, they're stacked, they're prepared because they know it's a matter of moments and time before the alarm call comes and help is going to be needed. It's no different than our lives. We have to prepare now when you're not in the storm of getting to know the who of your confidence and reminding yourself of God's faithfulness to you because the storm will come 
And when we're in the midst of a storm, it can be really hard to focus. And what needs to be ingrained is what is the most absolute importance because that will be what our survival is through those moments in holding God's promises. Paul knew this full well as too. Listen to Paul as he wrote to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, 11 and 12. He says, And of this gospel I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. That's an awful word, suffering. Yet, this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Paul was another man who knew what it was to live with fear. Because from the moment he said yes to Jesus in his life, he had a growing demographic of people who had the power and wanted to kill him and get rid of him and silence his voice. Paul was stoned. They stoned him so bad they thought they had finally killed him. They drug him out of his city, his unconscious body, and threw him outside the city gate. He suffered more torturing and torment and terrors than any of us could imagine. And yet he knew he was convinced of who he had put his faith and trust in and his confidence. That no matter what happened, even if death itself came for him, he knew he was solid and where he needed to be and the Lord's hand would sustain him. Our faith is only as good as the object of our faith. Jesus has to be the who of who our faith is in. Not a what, not a when, not a how, but a who. How can our faith overcome our fear? Second point this morning is intimacy brings security. All right? So I need your help for this a minute, and online as well too. All right? So ladies, you're going to go first. All right? Ladies, would you answer this question? I have a desire to have a relationship that is deep or shallow. What is it? Deep, okay? You can respond online too. Give your answer. All right, now it's the guy's turn, right? Guys, I prefer to watch football or golf. Football, all right. See, ladies, men have more depth than you ever thought they'd do, okay? But seriously, isn't that what we all desire is intimacy? You can still hold on to your man card, guys, because the reality is, is you want intimacy. Because intimacy is defined as a close and knowing relationship. To be known and to be loved, that is the deepest need of every single one of us here. To be known and to be loved. 
And that is what God most desires from us. To know Him. To know Him. His love is already maxed towards us. There's nothing you or I can do to make God love us any more than He already does. His max for every single one of us stands at a gold platinum edition regardless, no strings attached. That's for everybody. That's amazing. That is beautiful. And what he stands, though, is saying, will you accept my invitation to know me intimately? Because, see, with intimacy comes security. David learned this, and he pursued it. In verse 4 of our text this morning, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek his temple. David could not get enough of God. Think of a relationship where you've had, you just can't get enough of each other. I know two young people down here that can't get enough of each other. And that's good. That grows deeper. And David knew that with God. And the more he got to know God, the more he understood how much God loved him. And what that meant, the more time he sought in seeking him and spending time with him. That's why he opens up the psalm with addressing God as Savior. Savior, the word alone, evokes love. The two go together. Love is a safe place. It's a place where fear does not exist. 1 John reminds us that in chapter 4 of 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Think of where fear comes from a moment. Fear comes from a situation, either a thing or a person, that does not have your safety or best interest in mind. When that happens in any relationship, things unfold. And a lot of us have experienced that even in, our, in some of our own relationships with others. When the other party's interest isn't out for our best, for our safety, security starts to go. Now spin that around. What is love? Love is the opposite. Love is when I have your best interest and your safety in mind. That's number one to me. And we all know when we find that in a relationship, that's powerful. That, that's love. That's what we all want. Now take that and package that with a perfect God who has perfect love, his number one objective is to know you, to look out for you, to care about your safety. That's beautiful. That's safe. And the more intimate we enter into that love, the more secure we'll be. You know what's going to be amazing about God's love? We will spend all eternity... You won't be able to get your head around this. We will spend all eternity enamored and in awe of the constant revelation of the depth of God's love because it's unattainable. 
We will spend eternity just, wow, I cannot believe how much Jesus loves me. I thought I did, but I, it just keeps expanding. That's the same love that's available to us today to enter into and to bathe into and to build that intimacy that brings security to starts to push out the fear because the safer you are in a relationship, fear has that much harder time getting in, hanging around. Because I know where I'm safe. I know where I am loved. David knew it to be true because he experienced the results himself. Intimacy brings security. We have to spend time with Jesus. Point three, how our faith can overcome our fear. Be realistic and stay confident. David continues. Verse 7, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, appears David had a real need right when he was writing this psalm, too. Because he's entering into prayer with the Lord. And David had a, he has an amazing way just to be real with God in his conversation. He's personable. And David didn't take it for granted just because of who God was and that God cared about him that he just took their relationship for granted. He was seeking God's face. God, I want to make sure everything's okay with us. You've got my attention here. I've got a need. I've got some fear coming in. So the place I'm going to start is, are we okay? Are you trying to get my attention through this? Is my sin life in check with you? Are we on good communication? Because David knew that if he had unrepentant sin from the point of, I know what the sin is and I'm not going to deal with it yet, that is cherishing sin. And in Psalm 66, he wrote about that, that that splits the communication with God. And he has to deal with that. Now, that being said, sin is not always the cause directly of our fear and troubles. Many times it's not. We live in a fallen, broken world. And just by everything going on, on this piece of dirt... There are natural situations, cause and effects that are just going to bring problems and trouble for us. But the good news is, is we have somebody to handle and walk through those troubles with us. David knew the Lord was there to hear him. He had a real relationship with him. He was realistic in not taking that relationship for granted. And he also was real in the fact of he was willing to listen back. To listen for God's response as to why and to look for what is the purpose? What are you trying to teach me, Lord? Verse 11, he says that, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in straight paths because of my oppressors. God, I, you've got my ear. You've got my attention. Even through this hardship, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to learn. 
I'm open. Are you ready to hear from the Lord through your trouble and through your fear? The Lord may be trying to teach you and grow you and show you something. Unfortunately for most of us, that's where most of our growth comes is when our resources are vaporized and turned to ash. My confidence is fried in the situation. I need help. And the Lord's going, yes, I love you. I want to help you. I want to walk with you. I'll carry you even if I need to for a while. We need to stay realistic and real with our relationship with the Lord. Intimate relationships have real conversation. And we need to stay confident. You know, some storms are quick in passing. Little rain shower, enough to be inconvenient. Sometimes hurricanes come through our lives and just start to try to blow things to pieces. I had a cousin a few years ago who decided to sit it out through a hurricane down in Texas. He said, man, that was the longest 24 hours of my life. And of course, night's the worst. Everything's dark. And he says, the endless roar of the wind. And you'd find a little bit of settlement, and then you hear something else outside just explode and destroy. And the hours felt forever. Is this ever going to end? And it does eventually. It does eventually. Storms do pass. And a lot of times the Lord is working through those storms even and just wants us to hang on, to be confident that He's got things in control. David said this in the end. David reminds himself of this. And we have to remind ourselves of this too. David closes the psalm. He says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. How many of you love to wait? (laughs) Add it to office appointment. Wait when you get there. None of us like to wait. And yet... David knew that a lot of times the answers from the Lord he would have to wait for. Jesus is never late. The reality is he's never early. He is always exactly right on time on his schedule with what he's trying and wanting to do. We have to trust the Lord's timing. That is one of the hardest things, and that's where the faith is, especially when we're in the storm, is to know that He's still there. He cares for us. He is hearing us. Are we listening to what He wants to say to us and to do in us? If you're having a hard time trusting the Lord, Cling to his promises, cling to his hope and the trust that David had.
And I think, too, it's also a matter of the importance now of getting ready when the storm isn't there. Getting to know the love of Jesus. A lot of us have known him for decades, but are you fresh with Jesus? Does his love just wow you? Does it just floor you to realize how much he actually really loves you? Have you read and prayed over just the love of Christ lately? And to keep that fresh and tender in our life, to be intimate with him, to fall in love with him all over again if you need to, that's where security is. It's safe. Fear has no place there. Happy New Year, everybody. We can say Happy New Year because Jesus is able to handle anything that is coming our way this year because it's going through His hand first and He knows exactly why He will or will not allow things to come, both good and bad. He has a plan. He has a purpose for it. Would you bow with me as we close in prayer? You know, relationships are voluntary. That's why real love can enter them. They're, they're voluntary. And as you get to know somebody, is when we decide if we want that relationship to go anywhere, if I want to respond back to that. And you know, here's the amazing thing is, and if you're watching online as well too or here, Jesus knows everything about you. Everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, the lovely. And he extends his hand out to you and says, I love you. Will you choose to love me back? And here's the facts about Jesus that is part of that invitation. Jesus Christ came and showed the full example of love to each one of us. He died on a cross. He was physically killed on a cross. His blood flowed out of his body. But the amazing thing is that blood was perfect blood because he was God packaged in a man's body. And he died for each one of us. And why would he do that? Why would he do that? Because of your greatest need and his strongest attribute he has to offer. Because of love. He loves you. He, was, he died and he was buried three days. He came back to life, proving and showing he had victory in a life eternal over sin and death. And what he offers to you in a relationship to start that relationship is by you knowing those facts about him 
And with those, he says, if you would just trust me, if you would accept what I've done for you, accept my forgiveness, I want to know you intimately. Do you know Jesus intimately this morning? Or do you just know some of the facts about him? Because see, it's, it's, it's up to you. He doesn't force his hand. He's offered it freely to each one of us. And it's up for us to respond to it. So as you go into this new year, 2021, do you know who your confidence is in? Jesus is the answer. His hand is extended to you in love saying, do you accept my invitation? You can get right with God this morning, right where you're at or online, wherever you're watching, and responding to you know what? I know those facts. I believe those facts about you, Jesus. I believe you did them for me. I accept your invitation. Forgive me and thank you for loving me. You've got a guaranteed response in relationship started. Lord, it is amazing and beautiful how great your love is for us. We cannot comprehend it. Yet we can continue to see it revealed to us as we spend time with you as any relationship takes time and the depth of that relationship grows deeper and stronger. God, I pray for myself that this year would be a year that I fall anew and a love with you this year that I am blown away by your love for me. I pray that over each one of us, Lord, that we would desire that, that we would seek it, that we cannot get enough of you. Because the return is so badly what our hearts desire. And you guarantee us to satisfy We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that we can walk into 2021 with confidence, with joy, knowing that our King and our Savior and the one who loves us the most is walking hand in hand with us in leading the way. Amen. I'll leave you with a verse, two verses out of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. You know, Pastor Brandt last week, one of his points was to soak, to soak with Jesus. Soaking is intimacy with Jesus. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Some of you who have had that happen to you in your life, you have a hard time accepting that because you've been burned by somebody. You've been forsaken. And the picture to you of who God might be is flawed because you can't help but think there's something about me that might mess this relationship up and I don't want to get burned again. God promises you. He cannot break His promise. He promises He will not 
forsake anybody that cries out to him. And the response is, so I will say in confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That is a verse for us to soak on this year. Write it on your fridge. Memorize it. Put it on your dash. We are not forsaken. This world could explode in craziness. We will never be forsaken by a God who loves us and has his hand around us. Saying it's okay. No matter what happens, I've got you. I love you. That's a promise. It's a promise to remind each other of churches why we need each other. We need to encourage each other in the promises of God. I'm glad you're tuning in online this morning too because you need the encouragement as much as we need the encouragement of God's promises this year. Hang on to them. He loves you so much. Happy New Year.